everyone. Welcome to Second Impressions, the show where we'll try anything twice. My name's Danica. And my name's Emma. What's up, my dude? Uh, not much, my dude. What's up with you? I really feel like I had an idea of something that I wanted to open the show with, and then I didn't write it down, and so I don't know how to open the show now. That's cool. It's just like every other show, then. Pretty much. I pinched a nerve in my shoulder, so I've got a dead arm, basically. (laughs) That sucks. (laughs) Just flopping it around. (laughs) For most of today, yeah, it was pretty useless. I was just kind of like... And it's my dominant arm, so I had to be all left-handed today. Pity me. I'm left-handed every day, so... Oh, fuck, you are. I don't have any pity for you. No, you don't. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was thinking that even though my birthday is still a couple weeks out, that we could declare this episode my birthday episode. I think that's appropriate. Based on the topic we're doing? Yeah, because every time I think of Fall Out Boy, I think of you. Aww, that's so sweet. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, man, I'm really stoked for today. (laughs) I know you are. (laughs) I was pretty stoked, too. Good, Uh, I'm glad. This period of music is, I think, the most nostalgic for me, like, more so than 90s, because I still listen to, like, some 90s music still, but I don't listen to a lot of music from, like, um, the, like, mid-2000s. Yeah, same. Yeah. And those were some of the, like, most formative years, I think. Definitely. Being an early teen. Yep. So, yeah, this is going to be a fun one. (laughs) But first, Emma. Danica. What are you drinking? I forgot I had to respond. (laughs) It's okay. Well, it is super fucking cold in Nanaimo again. And I don't know about Vancouver, but we've just had this pocket of fog over us for the last like 48 hours it Mm. is insane yeah it's um well it's tuesday when we're recording this it was very sunny today yesterday was so foggy and creepy uh yeah driving home was terrifying but we uh so i work like right downtown nanaimo um by the harbor and you can usually see like the ocean and then there's like a couple islands out there and it's very beautiful but yesterday like i could barely see across the street Wow. Yeah. That's uh, definitely. Yeah. It was like crazy um, driving home and I would see like a few things that were like close to me and then there's just like fog and I'm like, I don't remember what's over there. <laughs> and it's like well, definitely. We had, uh, we had this like beautiful moment the other day in the morning when we were driving to work when we were at the top of the hill and uh, there's yeah. this moment when we just like get a perfect view of the mountains every day. And it was just, like, totally beautiful and clear. And then, like, down at the bottom of the hill and, like, just hovering over the rest of the city was just this, like, blanket of fog. And it was very picturesque. And I was like, I am in a Bob Ross painting. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, throughout the day, it just, like, spread and got worse and worse. And then, yeah, very spooky. Anyways, because of this very spooky and cold weather, I'm just having a nice cup of tea again. What kind of tea? Warming up my bones. Um, Just some orange pico. Nice. It's my fave. Tetley, though. Or some other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> deadly oh, or, no. you know, whatever. No, the point is I hate Red Rose. I oh, hate it so much. I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Uh, yeah, I think, honestly, like, out of all of our friends, Marnie is the only one that knows. Cause yeah, because Marnie, serve... Marnie drinks Red Rose. She doesn't care. Yeah, she tried to serve me Red Rose once, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I had Red Rose. I might have to try it again to see what side I'm on. <laughs> Let me know. I will. I don't I don't really go for an orange pico if I'm getting, like, a black tea anymore. I'll go for an English breakfast or, like, um, mm. an Earl Grey or a Lady Grey. I've been big into like- Lady Grey lately. Oh, Lady Grey is so good. I like those ones if I'm feeling just, like, a little fancy. Got that mm. bergamot going on. But, like, orange pico is just my go-to, like, comfort tea. Cool. Yeah. Anyways, Danica. Emma. What you drinking? I'm drinking a beer from my mommy. Ooh. What did your mom get you? I didn't, um, I don't think I told you. I was on the island for, like, a whirlwind 24 hours. Because oh, yeah? we finally went over to do our Christmas with yep. my family, because we did Christmas with Keegan's family this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a late second Christmas, and my mama got me the steampunk Dunkel from Longwood. Nice. A so classic. Some nice, a nice classic homebrew from Nanaimo. And it's great. I love a Dunkel. I love the label. It's very funny. Yeah. And... I like the Longwood, you know? It's a nice Love place to visit Wood. whenever I'm home. Yeah. Lots of good times there. Mm-hmm. Christmas was good. Um, I did, I learned a lot about Beyblades. Did you? <laughs> My nephew is super into Beyblades. I guess they're popular again. Yeah. That's and, what I heard. You know, like, they're are a bunch of people that work in um, our warehouse at work that are into Beyblades, but I didn't, I didn't take their word for it that Beyblades were cool, (laughs) you know, because these are a bunch of adults that are spending their additional cash on Beyblades, and I was just like, okay, sure, whatever, if that's what you want to do, then that's fine, and they would, like, have battles on their lunch break, Mm -hmm. and then seeing my, like, five-year-old nephew uh, getting into it and explaining it to me and making me play with him a bunch, I was like, I think I get it now. And I think Beyblades are kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're kind of fun. I wonder you... if they're the same as how they were before. They're not because uh, back in the day in like the 90s, they would be made out of metal so that they would yeah. like spark when they would hit. And they're not. They're made out of plastic now because it's a lot safer when they um like they're it's harder for them to it's called like bursting when they explode so it's harder for them to burst and so the pieces don't fly out as easily anymore oh, that's no fun and then when they d- what do you mean it's no fun it's safe <laughs> <laughs> nobody's gonna lose an eye probably yeah that's no fun <laughs> you like the risk <laughs> Beyblade deathmatch that's our Emma just living on the edge. <laughs> okay, carry on. <laughs> I mean, that's about it, really. I just, I, I learned about Beyblades and I played with Beyblades, and I think it's kind of cool, and I kind of get it now. Yeah, I had like some of my coworkers who have children under ten 
I could mm-hmm. I like heard them asking around the office about Beyblades, and I was like, did I just travel back in time? They're yeah, because we like Beyblades. We just missed it when they were cool. Like we were just a year or two too old for them or whatever. Yeah, like, and I remember them being very popular. Like I think again. Or maybe that was the first time, I don't know, but when we were around, like, 17, because I was working at Toys R Us then, and there was just, like, so many Beyblades. Oh, I don't remember that. So you know better than me. Yeah. We're getting the old toy mines. <laughs> Shoveling coal so in the old toy Maybe mine. that was, like, yeah, maybe that was, like, their second iteration, or they were still popular, because I think they were popular for a few years, but... Man, I don't know, because it's, like... Uh, my nephews are also really into Pokemon, and mm. Pokemon never really stopped being a thing. It's, like, gone up and down in popularity. Yeah. But it's been going pretty strong for the last 20 years, which is really impressive. Definitely. So, yeah. I was, like, surprised when I found out that Beyblades were cool again. But then, again, I don't know why I was surprised, because if Pokemon lasted this long, then why not Beyblades? I guess so. I don't know. I guess if you're, like, collecting them and, like, there's more to it than just battling the Beyblades. Yeah. Oh, I'm so burpy. Oh, join me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm drinking beer again tonight, so I'm going to be really burpy. (laughs) Yeah, because I, like... I remember with Pokemon cards, like, I don't think I ever played the actual game, but I just collected the cards. Mm -hmm. Played my own version of the game. Yeah. (laughs) Like, memory. (laughs) Or, I don't know, like, my friend and I, we would have, like, Pokemon card battles, but we we just, like, made up our own rules. Yeah, I don't think I learned how to play the actual trading card game until university, maybe. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I still don't know how. Oh, it's it's pretty easy. Um and then I've also I've gone <laughs> I've gone to my friend's place when he's been hosting uh all of his like friends that play Magic the Gathering. Mhm. And he's just like Oh, come on by, like my we're all going to play Magic and I was like, I don't play. And he was like, oh, come by anyway. And I was just like, okay. So I came and it was just like me sitting on a couch, just like drinking beer, watching these people play Magic the Gathering. And they were like, do you want to learn how to play? And I was like, not really. (laughs) I'm happy just to watch. (laughs) I started to figure it out by the end of it because it's very similar to Pokemon. Um, But you can battle. You can like play with more than just two people. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. There's not there's not a ton to it. I'll teach you one day cool great sounds like fun great (laughs) (laughs) i think i don't know if i still have my cards or if i got rid of them i doubt i got rid of mine there's probably a binder of old pokemon cards chilling at my parents house and then i've bought a couple decks uh since then because i just like pokemon cards they're so Uh, cute they're so cute and i love seeing all the different art on them it's great yeah yeah Anyway, I'll, maybe I'll give that old binder to my cousins one day. Be like, here you go. Have yeah. My, oh. This is my legacy. That'd be a treasure. Like, these old Pokemon cards, like shinies and mm-hmm. those, like, yeah. First editions. Yeah. I'll wait until they're old enough to appreciate them. Oh, I need to go find mine. And if so, 
If I still have them, I'm definitely hanging on to them now. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> now it's for posterity. Yes, definitely. Okay, okay. let's get into <laughs> what we're actually talking about today. Yeah. Just follow boy. My follow 13-year-old boy. self's favorite band. Yeah, you were so into them in high school. I had a minor obsession. Between the ages of, like, 13 and 15. Uh, 12 and 15. I think we all had, like, our one alternative band that we were just, like, really into. What was yours? Yours was Fall Out Boy. Mine was Three Days Grace. Ooh. Good one. Yeah. I remember, like, Mandy and I. I don't know if Mandy was more into them than she was into Linkin Park. No, I think she was more into Linkin Park. I, okay, but ma- but she and I, we went to go see Three Days Grace when we were, like, 15. Nice. In Vancouver at um, this, like, tiny little theater. And we got to do, like, a meet and greet with them. What? Got, like, a signed poster. Yeah. What? I don't remember but, that at all. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, kind of caused some controversy at the time because the concert was over, like, Ashley's birthday weekend, so we couldn't go. Oh. To her birthday. Because you had to go meet Three Days Grace. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) I feel like if anyone, Ashley would be able to, like, understand that and get over it because she was also big into the, like, alternative punk scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just remember feeling really bad. But That's fair. It was definitely, like, the highlight, I think, of my teenage years. (laughs) I saw Simple Plan when I was 14. Me too. Were we at the same concert? I possibly. Was it in Victoria? Yes. Possibly. Whoa, that's weird. I went I went because uh, my cousin had an extra ticket, and she lived in Victoria, so I just went over there. Yeah, I went with one of, like, my other friends in high school, because she had an extra ticket. You her, had like, other friends in high school? <laughs> I just don't want to say her name on the podcast. <laughs> That's fair. You would um, I guess, like, she was kind of part of our friend group sometimes. But Okay, I think I know who not. you're talking about. Yeah. Um, nice. And her, like, mom drove us down to Victoria. and But she didn't come to the concert. So it was just my friend and I. And right. her mom just, I don't know what her mom did. She waited outside or something. She went, went to, to like, dinner. a Starbucks for a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. And then just drove us back. And it was a pretty good concert. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I was there, so yeah, I remember it. Um, Yeah, I remember that because uh, fucking Headley opened. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, Headley's whatever. I've never cared about them. Um, But it was just, I don't know. I I I had their first CD. I liked them around that time. I saw them again in Duncan. Which was weird. Yeah, that's definitely a step down from opening for Simple Plan. Yeah, but um, I think, but it was like their own tour. Like, they were the headliners. Oh, well, good for them then. Yeah, um, I think that was after. Playing in Duncan. That doesn't happen a lot. Sweet memories. Ah, good times. Anyway, yeah, I was like, okay, so let's just get into our first impressions of Fall Out Boy, I guess. For anyone who doesn't know, if you haven't figured it out by now, they're a band. They're a <laughs> pop punk emo band from, well, actually, they're still going today, but their, I guess, heyday was the early 2000s. 
2003 was when um their first album came out mm-hmm. take this to your grave and then their big one that like launched them into fame was 2004 2005 and that was from under the cork tree and that had the one the one song that we all know sugar we're going down yes and, and then that had dance dance on it too right Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was also on that one. And then, uh, yeah, from there they got super duper famous. And that's the story of Fallout Boy. The end. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. We'll see you next week. But in case you are wondering more about their history, we're going to put up this video on our Facebook page that is the drunk history of Fall Out Boy, as told by Brendan Yuri from Panic at the Disco. I it found so it so funny. Literally 10 minutes before we were supposed to start recording, and I was just like, I have to watch this immediately. And so I, I watched it. it, made Emma watch it, and now here we are. Now you all and have to watch it, watch it too. watch it too. <laughs> it's really good. Drunk histories are so good. Um, anyway, first impressions. Fall Out Boy. I was 13, I guess, or maybe 12, because I uh, I don't remember exactly how I found them, but it was before From Under the Cork Tree came out. So maybe it was just online or something, and I, maybe I found them through, like, like, a blog or through some other pop punk band um and i was like immediately hooked and i remember when uh the sugar we're going down music video came out and i yeah i would go i would go through these phases as a teenager where i would like get very obsessive over something learn everything about it and then I would be over it within, like, six months to a year. Um, oh, yeah. It, la- it lasted a little bit longer for Fall Out Boy. It lasted, like, a couple years because they had another album come out in that span of time. So, of course, I had to learn all about that. But <laughs> I was, like, I knew all of the lyrics. I knew, like, the stories behind the songs. I what I was just, I was just a little Fall Out Boy nerd. And it's kind of embarrassing to look back on, but at the same time, it's not, because I'm not, I just liked it, you know? Why should I feel embarrassed about liking something? (laughs) Exactly. And I think, like, every teenager has something that they're obsessed with. Like, it's just a natural, I don't know, stage of just being, like, young and growing up and, like, learning about the world and you just find something that you just love so much because everything is just, like, one extreme or the other when you're a teen. Oh, yeah, because you're dealing with all these new, like, emotions and uh, hormones that will, like, just kind of knock you all around like a pinball and anything that you can kind of latch on to is great and yeah if it's just music that's a lot better than some of the other things that you could turn to i guess so just one second yeah okay sorry (laughs) just came into my recording space because he brought me a motherfucking blizzard oh that's so nice (laughs) i 
I've been talking about wanting a score blizzard for like the last two weeks, but it's so cold though. It's fine. I love it. It goes well with my tea. (laughs) Anyways. That's perfect. Um, Yeah, that's about all I've got. Tell me what your first impressions were. So I was super into like this music genre when I was in high school. Um, I really loved the All-American Rejects. Yes, I was thinking about them as well. Oh, I wouldn't mind actually doing an episode on them because I don't even want to know the amount of hours that I put in just listening to like their same two CDs. Oh my god. Okay, we should because I didn't listen to them as much. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, All American Rejects, um, kind of into Panic at the Disco, some like other like emo punk pop bands. Mm-hmm. Um, just like a good mix. Um, I loved making mix CDs at this time, so I think I just had a variety of bands that I was listening to and Fallout Boy, like I was aware of, but I wasn't as into them as you were. Um, I knew like all of their greatest hits. Mm-hmm. I knew the lyrics and, um, I did like listening to them a lot. I love Patrick Stump's voice. It's amazing. Agreed. Um, but there was just something about it that didn't quite like hook me in and like make me want to know more. So my exposure to them was just like very limited and, um, Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed their music videos, and I liked their sound, but, um, I do remember, like, Pete Wentz was, like, in the tabloids a lot around that time. Yeah, he was. And I think, to me, like, that was just a little, like, off-putting. I was, like, he seemed, like, so, like, cocky and just, like, kind of, like, an arrogant dick, and I just, like, wasn't into that, so I think he kind of, like, turned me off of them. That's fair. He was never he was never my favorite when I was a teenager, even though he did write like the majority of the lyrics, and so I appreciated yeah. him for that. But yeah, he was just always in the not the news, but yeah, the tabloids for one reason or another. And then there was that one time when a nude picture of him got leaked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was a time for everyone. Ugh. And now I just keep thinking about, do you remember that photo that became a meme? And it's a photo of uh, Pete Wentz walking down the street. And then in the background, you can see Bruno Mars. And he's like really excited to see Pete Wentz before Bruno Mars got famous. But like at the height of Pete Wentz's popularity. Oh, my God. That photo is so funny. (laughs) It's iconic. I love it so much. (laughs) Anyways, um, uh, I do remember that when Infinity on High came out, I liked that record a lot more than um, From Under the Cork Tree. Mm, interesting. And for a long time, I thought From Under the Cork Tree was their first album. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was their first, like, Big major album. label. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, the, I guess maybe I'll just, like, start getting to my second impressions now. Um, Like, the difference between some of the Infinity on High songs and From Under the Cork Tree, like, that, there's quite a difference, I find, in the sound. Yes. Even though there's only a couple of gears between the records, it's, like, Infinity on High seems a little bit more, like, 
leaning more towards like the pop side of things with like punk undertones. Mm-hmm. And then, There's just like a lot more to it. Um, yeah. Like they obviously had more resources and they mm-hmm. took advantage of them. So they've got like more instruments in there. They're using different vocal effects at some points and it's just like more musically complex. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. One of my like favorite effects and I think like one of the most iconic things to me like when I think of Fall Out Boy I think about this is during um, Thanks for the Memories when they like open up the song and Patrick Stump is singing both like that low pitch and then his like normal pitch during the verse. Do you know what I'm mm, talking about? I do know what you're talking about, but that's funny that you mentioned that because when I was re-listening to them this time around, I realized that I don't... There's a couple songs when he, like, forces his voice to go lower than usual, and I realized I don't mm-hmm. like him in those lower registers. I like him in his normal range and his falsetto, because that's just mm-hmm. what he's really, really good at. And I don't know, he just sounded strange in the in the deeper ranges for me. Yeah, like, it definitely sounds different, but I just think, like, the marrying of those two ranges or pitches or whatever Mm -hmm. is just, like, so cool. And I think it really shows just, like, his abilities as a vocalist to kind of, like, and whoever else was, like, mixing the album and, like, working on the track and stuff, but to, like, put that together into their songs because, like, other pop punk bands weren't doing that kind of stuff with their vocalists, I don't feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I also think, like, a lot of other bands in the genre, like, they just don't, didn't have vocalists that had that ability, you know? No, no, they didn't really have the same range that Patrick yeah. Stump does. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, he does have a really impressive voice, and... It made their it made their sound. I just keep thinking about the drunk history video now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it made their sound a lot Definitely. more soulful, I guess. Um, when <laughs> As did you? Brendan Yuri would say, "Yeah, please watch that video. You won't regret it." When did you stop listening to Fall Out Boy? Because for me, it was after Infinity on High. Same. Great. I kind of I think it was around that time because Infinity on High came out in like two thousand and seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that sounds I, it right. was around that time that I think I started transitioning more into like that indie music, like yeah. finding a new genre that I'm that I was getting into, and um, a lot of the pop punk bands that I had been into, like they just kind of stopped making albums, or they had taken a hiatus, or broken up, or whatever. So, so many things. Yeah, it was just like the end of an era and I just had to you know move I think also I was getting more into like dance music too mm, yeah um <laughs> whoa are you choking <laughs> over there no I'm fine <laughs> okay some spit it's cool chill it's chill <sighs> I'm just getting so worked up about this yeah but I also wanted to say, um, mm. so I revisited, not revisited, I visited for the first time um, some of their music from, like, post-Infinity on High. Me and not, too! Yes, and not the stuff that I'd heard on the radio. 
Right. Um, like I was looking more for just like their newest stuff specifically. And they are getting kind of back into that punkier sound. They're getting like good again. Actually, yeah. I think that the only um, low point for them was their album immediately after Infinity on High, which was Fully Adu, um, which I listened to only for the first time like this week. And I don't, I don't know. It seems weird because it only came out one year later, mm-hmm. but I never listened to it at all. And I don't think they had if they did, had, like, a top-charting single on it, I wouldn't be able to point it out because when I was listening through the album, I was just like, I don't recognize any of these songs. Um, But, and I felt kind of indifferent towards them. But after that one, um, with Save Rock and Roll and American Beauty, American Psycho, those are, like, decent albums. I was kind of, like, back and forth on Save Rock and Roll. Um, but for American Beauty, American Psycho, which came out in 2015, I really liked that album. Just overall, I was like, I'm into this. Yeah, it was pretty good. I remember hearing, um, like, I think Centuries and Uma Thurman were the singles from that album. Yes, and then also, um, the, the single that was for, uh, Big Hero 6, Immortals. That's on that one, too. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. That was, like, probably the first time that I had heard from Fall Out Boy in a while. Mm -hmm. And I I think that I only realized it was them when I saw the movie in theaters. And that was, like, the closing song for, like, the final credits. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking Fall Out Boy right now. (laughs) And this is, like, a really good jam. (laughs) And, yeah, they they had a couple, like bigger hits on that album that I really liked. Yeah, um, I thought that Uma Thurman was a great song, and I enjoyed that um, American Beauty, American Psycho, and then I was listening to some stuff from Mania. Um, I only managed to make it about halfway through that album. Yeah, I just listened to like a couple of songs. Yeah, so Um, I haven't really formed an opinion about that yet. but But the few songs that I listened to, like, they just seem to be, like, going back to just that more, like, classic sound. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe, like, with Folly Ado and Infinity on High, like, they're just trying some new things out to, yes. like, keep up with the times or whatever, but um, sometimes it just doesn't serve bands very well. You know, they form a fan base, and the fan base likes this thing, and then they're, like... I don't know. I heard that's what happened, too. I yeah. heard that they got, like, a real big backlash from the fans from, I think, Folia Do. Uh, I wouldn't be Because it was different. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was different from their original sound, and the fans were like, we don't like this. Yeah. And it's like, you know, our our podcast is about, like, how we have grown and changed, and it's like, bands grow and change, too. Definitely. So their sound is going to grow and change. Um... But yeah, that being said, there weren't any songs on that album that stood out to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it kind of reminded me of um, The Killers, because I was really into them in high school. Mm -hmm. And specifically, like, I enjoyed their first and second album. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Yeah, I think it was their third. Or maybe it was their fourth. It's either their third or their fourth that is like... 
It was just different it was enough like that I didn't care. Yeah, maybe. No, it was super different because, or I thought it was super different because um, Brendan Flowers, like, he started getting more into, like, that glam rock and roll. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, and, um, hold on, I'm just seeing what album it is. You gotta look it up now. Yeah. Oops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was around the same time, 2008. Um, Oh, wow, that's so weird. (laughs) Yeah, it's called Day and Age by The Killers. And uh, I bought it because I I love their first and second albums, and I even got their album that they put out, like, in between the second and the third one that was just B-sides, and I thought their B-sides were awesome. Mm -hmm. And so I got this third album, listened to it, and I was just like, what the fuck? This isn't the killer. <laughs> and then I remember seeing the music videos and um, nothing against glam rock and roll. I love it. But I was just like, this is not the band that I know and love. And I don't know what they're trying to do, but it is not working for me. Yeah. It's like change is good, but too much change is bad. Yeah. And you I still want to know that your ba- that the band that you like is going to like, I don't know. Be there for you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Yeah, and I get it. Like, albums take a while to come out, like, years, and people change a lot in a few years, or they can, but it's just so jarring, you know, when you just keep listening to that one same old album for, like, three years, waiting on the next one, and then the next one comes out, and you're like, this is very different. What the fuck is this? Yeah, I feel like you can also <laughs> get, like, caught up in it, yeah. in, like, the whole creative process, and you can do things that maybe you would have never really done before but because suddenly you're like really popular and you have all of this money and you have all of these resources that are being thrown at you and it's like oh if you wanted to do this you can and so it's like well okay then sure let's have a full orchestra because I can when you would have never really done that before because <laughs> that wasn't the vision for your music <laughs> or, yeah that just makes me think of like the Beach Boys when um god what's his name i think it was brian wilson just went totally wacko with their creation (laughs) thrown it way back the pet sounds album like it's it's like a meme now like i don't know he's just he was just crazy amazing time anyways um so what was your second impression of the like first three albums i guess um so i put on take this to your grave And I was shocked because I still knew all the words. Oh, I love that. They were, like, ingrained in my brain because I had listened (laughs) to this album so many times. And there were, like, maybe, like, less than a handful of lines that I, like, couldn't fully remember. But otherwise, it was, like, every little minute detail in the songs was still in my head. Because I had just committed it to memory and it was just like there. And I had such a good time because um, that first <laughs> album was like so special to me and listening to it again was just like so fun because they had so much energy. Yeah. Like all of their songs were heavy hitters. They were like all really like fast and hooky and loud <laughs> and just explosive and I was just, like, grooving. And it was great. Yeah. I found that when I was listening, 
I had to like turn up the volume because I was just like, I need this to blow out my eardrums. Yeah, because that's what we did when we were like yeah. however old. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was super good. I kind of did the same thing because I listened to it at work and I just kind of like blasted it and people would, I don't know if they talked to me or not because my music was just too loud. I was just like, nope, <laughs> I'm busy. I'm listening to Fall Out Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Getting all my angst out. <laughs> so much angst <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it was like yeah it was great because of um yes because of nostalgia for sure i had like a lot of good memories i actually i had to text ashley oh yeah her friend like because i just had all of these memories coming back and a lot of them were with her because she was the person that i like would i don't know geek out about follow boy with and so, yeah, I just had to text her. Maybe it, I was only like, I don't know, four or five songs into the album. And I was just like, I have to tell you this right now. Like, I'm listening to old Fall Out Boy for the podcast. And I'm just like remembering being 13 and 14 with you. And she was just like, oh, yeah, Grand Theft Auto was my jam. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remembered all the words. <laughs> oh, it makes me so happy. It was really sweet. Um, from Under the Cork Tree, I remembered just as well but i don't i didn't have like the same memories uh related to it and then infinity on high um i it was just kind of like surprising because i had forgotten that one the most Mm -hmm. and uh that album was so funny because it opened and i forgot that it opened with like (laughs) jay-z yeah the beginning of thriller (laughs) yeah and I was just like, man, I totally forgot that they got so popular in such a short amount of time so that fast, they managed to get yeah. motherfucking Jay-Z to open their third album. God, that's so cool. It was pretty cool. That was like a <laughs> that was like a big deal. And then I had a flashback to being 16 when the album came out and like listening to it and being like, that's Jay-Z. How did they get Jay-Z? That's crazy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It was great, and that um, they had like they had a slow song on that album. I remember, and that was uh, mm-hmm. not. It was like not what I came here for, but I still liked it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh yeah, and then from then on, it was just all first impressions. Yeah, and it was like fine, kind of mixed, but it was like fine. Yeah, there's a few songs that I hadn't heard before, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, when I, like, started listening to them again, so I started at From Under the Cork Tree because I hadn't listened to their, like, very first album ever because I didn't even know it existed for a long time. Oh. Um, but now I want to go back and listen to it. Um, oh, it's so good. I... So I opened up my Spotify and I was looking at the album and the track listing and I was just like, motherfucker, all these (laughs) stupid punk pop bands had the most insane names for their songs. Oh, I know. The mid 2000s. This is why I could never like tell people what songs were best because I could never remember the name of them. Because they have me so. Fall Out Boy, especially. Is like yes. ridiculous yes. With, with their naming. Um, and Panic at the Disco too. And Panic at the Disco, which makes sense because they are like 
very, very close. And Fall Out Boy, like, signed Panic at the Disco to their own label. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I do like the very first song, or the title of the very first song from, from Under the Cork Tree, which is Our Lawyer Made Us Change the Name of the Song So We Wouldn't Get Sued. Yeah. And I used to know, like, what the title of that song was, but I don't anymore. But I was that much of a nerd that, like... Oh, my God. I knew what it was. I have no idea You should idea try now. to find it. I need to know. Yeah. That'd be funny. My favorite thing that I found out about, like, the names of their songs is that they took all the vowels out of Thanks for the Memories because their record label asked them to make the title shorter. <laughs> <laughs> they were just trying to be cool no oh man um that's hilarious. yeah it makes me so mad every time i go to like music trivia because oftentimes i like doing the like 2000s category and anytime like a fucking pop punk song comes on i'm like god damn it what is the title it's the oh. easiest part nobody knows no. no unless they have like the actual chorus like, main line from the chorus in brackets. Yeah. Then nobody knows. Ridiculous. Yeah, let's read out Let's read out some more of these titles, because they're just funny. Um, <laughs> so there's Our Lawyer Made Us Change the Name of the Song So We Wouldn't Get Sued. I've Got a Dark Alley and a Bad Idea That Says You Should Shut Your Mouth, and then in brackets, Summer Song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one's great. Champagne for my real pr- friends, real pain for my sham friends. Yes, I love that one. <laughs> That's one of the best titles. I, I slept with like... someone in Fall Out Boy and all I got with this stupid song written about me. <laughs> <laughs> and also, get busy living or get busy dying. And then in brackets, do your part to save the scene and stop going to shows. <laughs> Why do they do this? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's really funny though it is funny i guess they're just trying to be like original and yeah i mean it worked their um song titles did get shorter over time they did yes they've conformed to the rest of the industry standards yep which is kind of boring fallout boy fallout boy if you're listening i challenge you your next album needs to have your longest song titles ever we want Longer song titles. Like, I'm talking 20 words. Snitches and talkers get stitches and walkers. I love that one. (laughs) Ugh. Ugh, bless. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that being one of the reasons why I liked them back in the day. It was just the length. Yeah. Of their song titles, even though I could never really remember them. And I also liked, um... They did a lot of, like, wordplay and uh, wordplay, like, from one line into the next line. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, th- I feel like uh, Dead on Arrival is a good example of that. And where they'll take the line, like, Dead on Arrival, and then in the next time that they repeat it, they'll say Dead on, and then it'll lead into the line of the next one, which is Arrivalry. Mm-hmm. And do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking that was very clever back in the day. Um, it just adds, like, like more interest to the song. It does. It means um, that it's not just, like, the same 
line and the same phrase over and over, which I feel, well, I heard them do a lot more in their later work. Mm-hmm. Um, I f- yeah, I felt like the songs later on were, I don't know, more catchy and more hooky where it was just easier for people to like listen and sing along to. Yeah. Um, but I liked that their lyrics were like convoluted and complicated in their old stuff. Yeah. Because it meant that you had to actually listen to what they were singing. Yes, definitely. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of um like the way that they would play with their words like that. <laughs> Weirdly enough, it reminds me of Notorious B.I.G., the rapper. Oh, hell yeah. From the 90s, because his raps were, like, and his rhymes were so complicated. Like mm-hmm. You had would, to really pay attention. You ha- you did, because, like, he would make rhymes happen, like, in the middle of his flow or whatever, where you would not expect it to happen, and it just worked so well, but it just really made you, like, listen to his stuff. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I never thought we'd be comparing Fall Out Boy to Notorious B.I.G. Me neither, but that's where my brain went. (laughs) Did I ever tell you what I wanted my uh, roller derby name to be? No. If I ever took up roller derby, which I thought about for a few years, but I've still never, like, gotten around to doing it. I decided that my roller derby name would be Clitorious (laughs) B.I.G. Yes, I fully support this. I looked it up because there was a roster of like all the registered roller derby names and it hasn't been taken. So oh uh, TM, TM, you can't take it if you're listening to this and you <laughs> are joining roller derby. That's mine. <laughs> yeah, we'll come fight you. I will. <laughs> uh, that's so good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Any uh, closing thoughts about Fall Out Boy? <sighs> I like him. Yeah. 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 They're they're <laughs> dumb and I like them. <laughs> <laughs> they're dumb and they're pop punk trash and I like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Yeah. I mean, uh, this was just a really great time. Just, like, going back to this era and listening to that music and, uh... I feel like we've had the best time doing things from when we were teenagers. Definitely. You know, the memories are a little bit fresher, um, and there's just, like, that, like, heavy, heavy nostalgia factor. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think also just, like, those experiences meant more than things we had as kids totally yeah there's certain nostalgia when you're a kid that like lasts lasts your whole lifetime but that's more about like experiences rather than just things yeah and so it's kind of hard to like pin that down to i don't know a movie which i feel like is what we've done for the majority of things (laughs) from like our childhood yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. We might have to do bigger things in the future. I think so. I think so. This was good. This Can was good. I had a great time. rubric? I'm ready. Okay. 
Fun factor. Go. So much fun. <laughs> particularly particularly for the things that we were like actually doing second impressions on. So the yeah. albums we used to listen to was just just great. And a lot of that probably was nostalgia goggles, but I don't care. <laughs> it was super fun. So like this was a 10 for me. 10 out of 10. Yeah, a uh, very high fun factor for me also. I think with uh, music, I don't feel like nostalgia goggles are as much of a thing as they are for, like, um, I don't know, true experiences. Because, you know, music is one of those things that just, like, sits in your brain. And it's like a, it's um, like one of those sense memories or whatever. And... Um, I feel just like music can just make you feel a certain way. Not necessarily like like you're a teenager, but I do remember um, when I was listening to them at work, I was just like sitting in my chair trying to do a task and a song would come on. I'd just be like, I need to rock out so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, leave me alone. I need to just thrash around the room for Basically, three and a half minutes. Yes. And then I can I go back to, to work. Do. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> no, just... you make you make a really good point about yeah. sense memory and so yeah. I think I think that that is a really strong thing. Yeah. Um and I do have a lot of sense memory when it comes to music. Yes. Like I <laughs> I will like hear a classical piece that I don't know the composer and I do not even know the name of, but because I did a dance to it once. Yeah. Growing up, I could like perform the whole routine on the spot. And remember yeah. it almost perfectly. Um, but I have no idea what the song is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, sense memory is really powerful sometimes. And obviously, like, there is kind of, like, a nostalgia factor there, too, because you're remembering, like, the time that you listen to it. But music, I think, think is also just one of those things that, like, can travel with you through your life, and it doesn't necessarily, like change um i don't or what am i trying to say you can keep listening to the same (laughs) thing however long you want and it's not necessarily like an experience that you're having where you're remembering your past but you're just like enjoying it in your present yes (laughs) i understood that no it made a lot of sense because it's not like when i was listening to these songs, I was feeling like a teenager. I was just yeah. feeling happy because I felt no. happy when I listened to them as a teenager. Yeah, I mean, I have some songs that I think I've been listening to for, like, at least 20 years. Like, since mm-hmm. I was a kid. And, like, my dad would put them on, on, like, his record player or something like that. And we'd just, like, jam out. And, um... You know, sometimes I will stop listening to those songs for a period of time, but I'll always come back to them, not because I'm missing feeling like I'm seven or eight, but because, like, it's just a really fucking good song. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I completely agree. (laughs) Anyways, um, so was it worth it? Oh, hell yeah. I was (laughs) thinking about going back and listening to some Fall Out Boy uh anyway like recently mm-hmm. and so when the opportunity came around to do it for the podcast i was just like we need to do this now and talk about it because i'm gonna do it anyway 
perfect. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Definitely. Um, there were some awesome songs that I want to like listen to more often. And um, I want to kind of like keep up with them again now because I enjoyed their newer stuff that I was listening to from like 2018. Yeah. And it's from uh, Mania came out in January of 2018. So it's yeah, like just a year a old. Year, yeah. Um, but it's nominated for a Grammy, which is very cool. Hell yeah. And um, I don't like give a lot of credence to award shows and stuff like that, but I will pay attention to like the best albums that are nominated because I think that a lot of different factors go into nominating them. It's more than just like the sound, but it's like the mixing and then like how the album feels as a whole and all the other stuff. So I'll usually give them a listen, see if I like it or not. So I'll be listening to that. And then, yeah, I'm excited to see, like, what they do. Me too. I'm kind of ready for, like, this sound to come around again, you know? Yeah, it's been 10 years. More than that, it's been 15 years. It's time for a resurgence of pop punk. Travis is really fucking ready. Oh, He just keeps bringing it up. He's like, why don't they make music like this anymore? (laughs) I guess it's time. Yeah. I'll tell him to listen to the latest Fallout Boy. Maybe that'll tide him over for a little bit. He might like it, or if not, then I don't know. Maybe he's already listened to some of the side projects that they've done. Because I know that a bunch of them like did metal stuff and like more hardcore stuff, which I know Travis likes. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he was super into them when they first came out. He was more like Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, but if you liked Blink-182, he's gonna like old Fallout Boy. I know. I'll have to talk to him about it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll need to sit down and have a discussion. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. It's time. Uh, So, like, what'd you do It's time to have the talk about Fallout Boy. Yeah, I'm gonna do it again. (laughs) We just discussed this. (laughs) I know. Uh, And you are too, right? No, I changed my mind. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Anyway, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, Fall Out Boy is kind of cool again, so I'm going to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to finish listening to Mania because I only listened to about half of it and it was just like on in the background. Yeah, same. So yeah, I don't know. I'll have more of an opinion about that. Yeah, it's kind of making me interested in looking to see like what some of those old bands that I listened to back in the day, like, what they're up to now. What's All American Rejects up to? They released a song, I think, in, like, 2016 was their last one. It's fine. It's not, like, their old stuff. All right. I know, like, Panic at the Disco is kind of having a resurgence (laughs) right now. Yeah, they were uh, hot for a minute. Yeah, I like... Not this album that just came out, but I liked their previous album a lot. And Travis and I actually got to go see them, or him, I guess, because it's just Brandon Urie now. But mm. um, we got to go see him in Iowa when we were there because he played in Des Moines and tickets were like $30. Nice. For, <laughs> for like an arena show. <laughs> so cheap. 
It's ridiculous. And it was a great show. He puts on a fantastic show. Oh, I don't doubt that. It's just funny that they were only $30. It was so weird, though, because, so, how old? I think we were, like, 26, 27, and um, a bunch of the people around us were definitely not our age. Like, they're all, they're, like, they're, like, 20, 19, maybe younger. Like, just going through that phase. Yes, like, just discovering Panic at the Disco. Which is not the same as it used to be. Yeah, but um, it's interesting that they would still, like, be relatable to the, like, teens and young adults. Yes. Wow. And, um, which I think is weird because, like, uh, fuck, what was it? On his last album, his, like, first single was, like, about his new, like, marriage. And that's not a very relatable teen topic, but... Maybe it is. No, I, it's I, like, I don't know. Yeah, because they're all older and they're like, you know, yeah. settling yeah. down and they're getting married and having babies and stuff. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, when we were there, I was like standing there and I was really enjoying myself. But then like the girls beside me, they were just like screaming their little lungs off. And I was just like, ladies, calm down, please. No, they will not. No. They will not calm they down. They will not be tamed. This is their outlet. Yeah, I guess. It was weird, but it was fun. That's good. I'm glad. Thank you. Okay, so I guess that's it. I guess so. Thanks for the memories, Fallout Boy. It's been a slice. So many memories. Uh, what were your favorite bands of the early to mid-2000s listeners? We want to know. Uh, you can tell us. We're on Twitter at Impressions Pod. And then you can also tell us on Facebook, Instagram. Don't tell us on Vero. Uh, but we're all on those platforms at Second Impressions Podcast. <laughs> we haven't fully given up on Vero, but we're just about there. Uh, you can always email us at Second Impressions Podcast at gmail.com if you have ideas for future episodes. Send them over that way. Are there some bands that you'd like us to visit? Yeah, these music episodes have been really fun. I would would be so down to do more. Would you be interested in an All-American Rejects episode? Because I would. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I need. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, thank you to Keegan for our artwork. And thank you to Travis for the music. And thank you to all of you for listening. My name's Danica. My name's Emma. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, and give us a follow on Spotify if you haven't already. And tell your friends. Yeah, just tell one friend. That's your and then have that one 2019 friend tell one resolution. Friend. Yep. Tell a friend about us. Just do it. We're great. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Bye-bye.